All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Delivered by DoorDash. Welcome to episode 146 of the DFO Rundown. It's uh, the recap of the free agent frenzy, which isn't officially over yet. There's lots of uh, good players still available as we were recording this on uh, Wednesday evening at uh, 8.30 Eastern, 6.30 Mountain Time. I'm Jason Greger. He's Frank Saravalli. And uh, this episode is brought to you by Three Ice Overtime all the time, led by six Hall of Famers in uh, Brian Troche, Joe Mullen, John LeClaire, Larry Murphy, Grant Fear, and uh, Guy Carboneau. Three Ice is currently ongoing right now, eight cities over nine weeks. They got stops in uh, London, Ontario coming up uh, this weekend, and then in Quebec City on July 30th. Get your tickets at 3ice.com. That's the number three, ice.com. And uh, Frank, a crazy day in free agency is uh, always happens. And uh, we had to wait a little bit longer. But uh, Johnny Gaudreau, who was one of the uh, the big names on the free agent board. The biggest name. Surprises a lot of people and goes to Columbus, baby. He's not going to have to be scared of the uh, cannon anymore. He'll be prepared for it. There are jaws on the floor from Alberta all the way to the Atlantic Ocean. I mean... I can't tell you one person who whispered this, thought that this was a possibility or likely put two and two together. Um, 
I think there was always the idea that there might be a mystery team out there. Um, I actually included it in my story that was posted at eight o'clock this morning. I said, flyers, Islanders, devils, or a mystery team didn't know who it was. And I thought even if they were to get in the mix that because of all the things that we had heard about Johnny Gaudreau and the narrative wanting to be closer to home, doesn't sign in Calgary because it's a family decision that there was really no chance. So let's walk through this Gaudreau decision. And I've never been more excited and or interested to hear a player explain his choice and decision. So he takes less money somewhere between, I don't know, 15 to $17 million less. The offer on the table on good authority, 10 and a half times eight in Calgary, including significant structure and term and signing bonus, all those things that they were looking for. So he takes less. He goes 500 miles away from home. And he's on a team that's significantly worse now in the Columbus Blue Jackets. You go from the Pacific Division winner in Calgary to a team that's rebuilding. How does this happen? What happened? I wonder, like, does he look at Columbus like Artemi Panarin looked at the New York Rangers when he signed there? As you know, they're in a rebuild. The and it, and it, oh. No, because they were in a rebuild when he signed there, right? And then they built up some guys. Now they got lucky in the draft lotteries, make no mistake about it. But um, I'm just curious if he looks at Columbus and feels like, oh, you know what? Maybe they got some guys coming. But my question to this, Frank, is because um, I had tweeted out, I was like, hey, Line A and Goudreau. But then I realized Patrick Line is not signed yet. I know right. he's got a qualifying offer, but um, he, they, they don't have enough cap space to sign uh, Patrick Line currently, they're going to have to move somebody. Yeah. So Aaron Portsline from the athletic, who was the first person to hint at the Gaudreau possibility. And that wasn't until 5 PM Eastern said that they do have enough space and their plan is still to sign Patrick Line, even with Johnny Gaudreau, um, that they'll make room elsewhere, which is probably somewhat easy to do. Um, I, when you, when you said Panarin, I was thinking the opposite Panarin's thing was like, I, I want to get to a big market. I want to go to the glitz and glamor of Broadway. Yeah. I'm like, Johnny Gaudreau is known as, I don't want to say a different guy. Cause I don't think that that's necessarily fair, but I think he is probably safe to say he's a pretty quiet guy and a somewhat shy guy. Um, and so maybe he wants to be in a place where there's not much attention. Like maybe that's what made Columbus oh. super attractive to him. Hundred percent. I'd, I'd heard that, Frank. To me, when I signed that, is like, there's a guy. And here's the thing: the, the Columbus hockey fans. It's a diehard, passionate fan base. It's just not a massive fan base. That's all. But the Blue Jackets fans, they're they're highly loyal. It's a really good atmosphere. I've been to the to the rink in Columbus. I actually really like it. Uh, I'm a I'm one of the I'm rare not sla- guys. I would never slag Columbus. I actually yeah. like the city. It's a good like. It's still one of the most anonymous franchises in pro sports. And I don't yeah, care what no, anyone that, says. That, that's totally fair. It's funny because uh, as I was having a quick dinner with my wife and son before the pod and um, I explained to them that, you know, Johnny Gaudreau had left Calgary and there. And so I was playing, okay, well guess where he went. And I, I gave him hints. It was in the Eastern conference, their name and teams. I'm like, what? And I was, and my wife's like, God, I forget Columbus is in the league. Now, granted, my wife's not a huge uh, NHL uh, hockey fan, but uh 
you're right. I think Columbus maybe isn't that one, but this, this will give them like Patrick line. accepted a trade there. Now you got Johnny Gaudreau that's going there. Like who knows? Maybe, maybe the things are changing in Columbus. Maybe this is their jumping off point because uh, maybe. we'll see, but it is, uh, it, it is surprising. I will say this though, Frank, that the New Jersey devils, I know they were always interested in it, but I never understood the devil's interest because I felt like they would have too many small forwards in their top six. And I just didn't think that that was a recipe for success. Yeah, but I think that's an easy thing to fix, right? Like you can always add some players with edge after the fact, right? I think at least. Um, maybe not quite as skilled, but you can find a complementary piece here or there. No. It's so much harder to find like you where are you gonna get a point per like point per game players? We've talked about this for a year. Point per game players don't make it to market. No, not only not that, but 115 point guys that finished second in league scoring last year, right in the heart of their career. I, it, it doesn't happen. So to think that you're sitting there in your New Jersey and you've got $23 million in cap space or whatever it is, and you're not able to get it. Like you've got Hughes, you've got he shirt on the middle. They traded uh, Pavel Zaka on Wednesday. And you're thinking, all right, this, this is what they're setting up is to get to this moment. You can have Brat and Gaudreau on the wings. Like I I'm, I'm surprised that it didn't. And there were rumblings out there. I'd be curious to see what the devils ultimately say. So it, I don't like, I, I'm just, I don't, so we don't know a lot of details at the moment. So this is purely just me spitballing and speculating and trying to wrap my brain around it. A couple things happened. One, either Gaudreau didn't have as robust of a market as he thought and ends up in Columbus by default, or a team like New Jersey was in the mix. And one of the things that I had heard as Wednesday went on was perhaps the devils had balked at some of his ask for signing bonus. Um, because that was one of the things that he asked for in Columbus or excuse me, in Calgary was, uh, so much of that deal to be in signing bonus, like a, a big, big part of it, you know, 75% of it or more. Um, interesting that in Columbus, he signs seven times 9.75 straight salary. So then I'm like, okay, well that pours cold water on that. He doesn't get any signing bonus. I don't think. And you're like, holy smokes. Like what? what happened here? Were the Islanders, were they in and and then backed out? Like they don't have, they have cap issues just like the flyers. I think ultimately Jay, the flyers were interested and intrigued. Um, They really were intoxicated by the buzz that Johnny Gaudreau had created in the marketplace. Cause for the first time in my life that I can remember living here, born and raised, the Flyers have become a non-entity in town. They're not a thing. And I wonder if they were feeling the need to get in on it. And they obviously didn't in the end, but because of, you know, ticket sales are going to shoot up because of interest, because your team is going to be better. All those things I think were intriguing, but they just found the price to, and I know they explored the market for James Van Riemsdyk pretty significantly to try and move him. I think there were five to six teams in the end that uh, were asking for a significant price, uh, including a first round pick Uh, Buffalo, Chicago, Arizona, uh, Detroit, 
So they did all their homework. Like they knew what that market was to get off of James Van Riemsdyk. And they were just like, we're not doing it. We're not doing that. Plus the mega deal for, for Gaudreau plus, you know, how this hams up our cap space moving forward. They just felt like maybe they weren't one player away from being a team that needed him. Yeah. And that, and that makes total sense. Right. So well, I credit Columbus for stepping up uh, as a huge day for their organization. Uh, arguably, maybe the biggest day in franchise history when, when you think about it, as far Everyone as... Everyone leaves. Yeah, so you think about exactly. all the talent they've had there and no one ever... Like, when's what's the last marquee Columbus free agent signing you can think of? Well, I, with Zach... Well, Zach Wierenski, I guess, right? He stayed, but that would probably... He stayed, be but he was drafted yeah. there. That's different. Yeah. Who's the last unrestricted free agent no. marquee big boy, big contracts out, you know, that, that Columbus signed. Yeah, no, it, it's rare. I will say this though. When Nathan teams, Horton, like, who is it? Like, I, I can't, it's gotta be right. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like they, there's none that I might be missing one. There's not any that jump off the page that, that I can think of. Like they've acquired some pretty big names via trade, but not so much via free agency. And um, I'm a big believer of free agency markets, a, a part of it. And, and obviously this is an exception because usually guys will go to winning teams, right? Like, you know, New York's different, right? New York has a massive advantage, especially, you know, you mentioned Panarin earlier, Frank, um, you know, the, the Russian community in New York is, is very enticing for a lot of Russian players who want to go there. They love it. And I totally can understand that, right? You get a little bit of a taste of home uh, when you're there in the, in the Russian uh, community in New York, but you know, you look at teams that want to sign free agents when you're a winning team, it changes, right? Like, no one now Edmonton always overpaid free agents today. They didn't have to overpay any free agent. Right. And because they're winning. Well, let me ask you this. How do you feel now if you're Calgary? Like you could at least wrap your brain around and understand the need to go home. Like you're like, you know what, no matter what we did, it wasn't going to happen. Like it just wasn't in the cards for us. We treated you well, but you're off to your next thing. And we just, you had something we couldn't match. I, I just went through all the scenarios. It's $15.75 million he left on the table. Plus a worse team, plus an anonymous team. I, I, I can't, I can't even begin to explain. I'd be, I would be in my office if I was Brad tree living, kicking my wall in. Well, Frank, this, this is a classic case where Johnny Gaudreau is going to say, it's not you, it's me, right? This is the classic breakup, Frank. Maybe you've used it at times. Maybe someone's used it on you. Our listeners have used it, but uh, Cal Calgary could go crazy trying to think like, what did we do wrong? Right? Like, remember if you ever get dumped, cause it probably feels like they got broken up with right now. And uh, you're like, well, what could I have done different? Oh, maybe I should have done this. I, like there's certain things. Johnny Gaudreau is American. I think a lot of it just comes down to citizenship a little bit at times. There's lots of American Part of it, guys but like, who want to play. You're, in you're looking at Columbus and you're like, that, that guy is so much uglier than me. Why did she leave me for that? And I'm not slagging. Yeah, like I just told you I like Columbus. You're, Frank, you're not, maybe they have a better I, personality. I don't know. I maybe, maybe she's smarter. I, I he's yeah. smarter. I don't, I don't know. Like I can't, I don't get this one. And, and, and I think when you're like, here's what I'll tell you this to give you some behind the scenes. I think what makes this even harder for Calgary to stomach because it was really hard on Tuesday is they really 
actually engaged on Tuesday afternoon and evening into some pretty significant talks to bring Johnny Gaudreau back. Yeah. They not only went down the path with the offer that I talked about, um, 10 and a half times eight, they talked, I was, I was told about, uh, structure about signing bonus about all these little, you know, closet, everything that you do when you are about to get married (laughs) and they were left kind of standing at the altar. Like it it came time to, you know, it's five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock Eastern. It came time to put pen to paper, knowing that the eighth year was about to vanish and they just couldn't get it done. And so when you go through that, like I said, you can at least, you can wrap your brain around it. You're like, he's going home. I get it. I couldn't compete with that. This one now you're like, really? Yeah. Well, fair or unfair. Am I, am I, no, no, I, I can see it? how I can see Calgary being rattled, man. Like this is just not something that happens in the NHL. We've talked about this other than, you know, John Tavar, I guess Alex Petrolangelo to a sense, he had won a Stanley cup. He's pretty elite defenseman. So there has been a few recently. And, you know, but he you went to Tavares, Vegas, the shiny new toy, the team that had been to the cup yeah. final, the, the exciting new franchise where it's a, you know, unbelievable place to play like this this th- th- these are not those yeah yeah but hey we could get into vegas right we have to get into vegas like are, are they the most mismanaged cap team in the nhl right now like oh my goodness never seen anything like it like they're just they literally they had in order for carolina and i like this trade carolina i basically love this trade takes on cap hit they get max patch ready who's probably going to score 20 to 25 goals in his sleep 20 to 25 he scored th- an average of 36 the last yeah. four seasons well i'm just saying even worse it's case three there. yeah and, 399 hey, don't overlook dylan coughlin man that defenseman oh i think he's a, okay. he has got potential boatloads he's going to be in carolina he's he's going to he's going to be um sheltered he's not going to have to have big demands on him early on um there's potential there he might not pan out but either way that's that's two summers in a row where they gave up guys for nothing but then you throw in nate schmidt uh a few years ago um, mark yeah mark andre flurry as you referenced yeah like it's it's ridiculous to me on 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 the the mismanagement of the salary cap for vegas golden knights and for a team that five years ago started at zero yeah. Like, it's not like you are inheriting a team that has an absolute train wreck on your cap. And you say, you know what? I got to dig my way out of this. That this was created by this management team that's in place with George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon, not by anyone else. And I admire their willingness to go for it and to try and win. That mantra is what makes a team so enticing for any player to play on. But also what's happened here over the last number of years now from Paul Stastny to Marc-Andre Fleury to Nate Schmidt, guys that Max Pacioretty that really did not want to leave. You create an environment where players don't want to go because they are the next piece of meat that's on the move. And right now, Frank. Is Logan Thompson their starting goalie? Like, is Robin Leonard going to be healthy to start the year? Is Lauren Bressois going to be healthy to start the year? Like, they still got questions. I, that's a great question. I've heard rumblings that, that Robin Leonard not only may not be ready to start the year, maybe out for a while. Like, I don't think anyone knows the answer to this. 
they're still trying to figure it out, I think. Yeah. So you're the the LA Kings and Vancouver Canucks. You're pretty excited about what's going on in Vegas and Calgary right now. How about the Edmonton Oilers? Well, well, they were a playoff team. So, you know, I'm and so the Oilers now become the team to beat in the Pacific. Not because they got to the final four, but. Yeah, probably when you consider um, like, well, they got McDavid and dry right? The guys, they went nuclear. So yeah, when I you think consider Calgary just lost a 115 point player. Now we'll see. Maybe they shock us and get Nazem Kadri. I don't know, but even Nazem Kadri, I don't think replaces Goudreau and um, Vegas. Now Vegas is the wild card for me because if Vegas is healthy, they still got a lot of good players. How could you argue that that team has, has improved? Oh, Vegas. Yeah, no, that's after fair. missing the playoffs. How could, I mean, maybe you say the coaching change will spare it on. We have significant questions in goal. How could, how could they have possibly improved taking a 36 goal score out of their lineup for yeah. nothing? I, I think they might improve simply by not having 500 man games lost injury. Oh, I mean, right. That would be a start. Yeah. But you're right. That's fair. No, I, I never even thought about that. Yeah. I guess Edmonton probably would be considered the favorite in the Pacific right now. Vegas, Vegas, baby. Hey, another team that was very busy today and uh, they had a lot of cap space. They had a lot of uh, places to sign the Detroit Red Wings and Steve Eiserman. looks like, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of trying to come out of the rebuild now, Frank, uh, them and both the Ottawa senators. I was going to say, which one did you like more Ottawa or Detroit? Both of them saying now's the time. Well, see, the thing is I look at both teams and I know they, imp- and they had lots of room to improve, right? Like you're talking 27, 30 points. They got to make up to get to the playoffs. Um, I, I still have concerns about the blue lines on both teams. I think they've improved their goaltending. I think they've improved their forwards. I don't know if either team has a blue line. That's a le- like they could compete for a playoff spot. Maybe compete. Are, they're not a lock. Like I saw some people say, Oh, these guys are going right to the, to the playoffs. I'm like, pump the brakes. Like look at their blue lines in both cities. Right. That's I, I agree with you. I, I just yeah. I, I'm I'm but trying I like to think the, of which top six I like better. Ottawa or I think it's Ottawa, but yeah, I like Ottawa's top six. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. Like yeah. I think it was a slight overpay for Giroux at six five, but he adds a real authenticity to their team and a compete level that I think it was worth a little bit of an overpay. Um he still scored 65 points or 66 points. So it's probably close to in line with market value. Um, man, the, the, the Brinkett trade though, like you, you mash all these things together and you get, you know, maybe another one of your defense prospects that steps up for Ottawa. You know, you, you got rid of Matt Murray, which was a huge plus now Talbot's in net with Forsberg. Like, I love Detroit's goaltending to begin with. Like I really liked Nadelkovich and I was a believer. Now you add in Huso. like, I don't know. Like, so if you were to stat, like just pure back of the napkin, not think about it, rank the teams in the Atlantic, what order would you go in? Oh, ah, Florida is not better, right? No. Uh, How could they be? Florida, yeah, they made some small moves. Florida's still good, though. But they lost Florida guys, t- though. They lost Florida Giroux. T- they lost. Yeah, um, but Giroux wasn't Giroux. there all year, right? And they were still. So, to me, Giroux, Tampa and, and Florida are still 1-2. And then 
Um, you know, Toronto's three. They got some question marks. The health of Matt Murray. I think the health of Matt Murray is actually the bigger question I have than the play of Matt Murray. But uh, the health of Matt Murray. But I'd still put Toronto three. Um, Boston, let's see. If Bergeron comes back, well, that obviously changes a lot of things. And Krejci. Yeah. They're going to have such a hellacious start to their season with the injuries to all those guys. Yes. Including McAvoy. Uh, like half their defense is, is like yeah. in the uh, medical ward between now and December. Yeah. That's, uh, and Marshawn's so, out for what? The first two and a half months? Yep. I think Montreal is actually going to be a lot better. Depending on the price, on the health of Carey Price. Yeah, that's that's a big one. Um, and, and their defense core too. Same thing in, in Montreal. Like I, Buffalo looks like they're keeping their their powder dry for one more year, eh, Frank? They're going to wait. I think that makes sense because yeah. at some point, I don't know. We talked about a rebuild for Boston. Like at some point, they're going to have to do something, right? Rip the bandaid off. Well, they're lucky because they've got Marshawn and Pasternak and McAvoy. Those guys aren't old. No, but. Well, definitely Pasternak and McAvoy aren't, right? So, and I like that trade for Boston today. I like the Zaka. I like the potential of that trade. Hall is more consistent player. I think Zaka, um, you know, maybe a new home for him. He could, uh, he could turn out to be a pretty good deal. I like those hockey trades. We don't see those very often in the offseason. One for one, straight across. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that deal, actually. I like it for both teams for different reasons. But uh, I, I like the upside potential for Boston more in that trade. Mm. So you asked me before we started, who is my favorite or best value signing of the day? Yeah. Ilya Samsonov. Yeah, that was mine too. 1.8. What the? Yeah. 1.8. Like, are you kidding me? Like, A, it gives him protection on Murray and gives him a I guy. think he's going to outplay Murray. He might, right? I think right from value. Jump Street, I think he's going to be their starter all year. That's my bold prediction. Ooh, all right. I think at 25, he's ready to take off. He, I think he needed to get out of Washington. Um, he's got, look, Matt Mary's pedigreed. Who's kidding who? He's got two Stanley Cups. Um, but Sam Sonoff is a first round pick. Like, this is a guy that is uber talented. And I think, you know, with a better team in front of him than what we saw in Washington, that really at times gave up a lot. Um, I think they're going to be pretty good. I think Toronto, though, is going to, they're going to give Matt Murray every opportunity to have success. It's two years at 4.7, Frank. They they don't want to just have it the 10 games into the season. All of a sudden, he's their backup. So I think, you know, he's going to go there early. He's going to start working with their goalie coach. And like I said, to me, I think if Matt Murray stays healthy, then then he can be all right. And don't overplay him. That's the other advantage. They don't have to overplay him now with, with Samsonov because, you know, that guy can easily play 40 games to you and and, and shouldn't be that bad at all. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, what an interesting day. I'm still now. Now I want to go back to because as surprising as the Goudreau signing was, that might not have been the biggest surprise. Like the Erica Branson one, when you look at all the other D, de- like that one kind of came out of left field to me a little bit. Like good for Branson. I never blame the player ever when you get the good deal, but a four years at four mil, like they're obviously planning on playing him in their top four, no question. Right. I hope but, he's buying Daryl Sutter a new tractor or something. <laughs> like, honestly, like we, he owes him a significant chunk of that deal. And Zadaroff signed a new two year deal to stay in Calgary two times three, seven, five, exactly what he made so, last year. Yeah. I actually liked the signing. Uh, I thought he really was a nice fit in Calgary. And they, Daryl Sutter did wonders for him. 
They oh, yeah. really got on the same page when he was a healthy scratch in the beginning of the year. I think I've told the story before on the pod. They spent a long time working together, going over video, telling him exactly what he wanted. And by the end of the year, he was in a great spot. So he stays in a place that he's comfortable. Yeah. No, I, uh, and probably wouldn't have been possible if they kept Johnny Gaudreau, but now what happens with Matthew? Yeah. As we're recording this, Frank, and it's now uh, nine o'clock Eastern seven o'clock, uh, six Pacific Nazem Kadri, Andre Palat, John Klingberg. It's the latest. Um, So John Klingberg, I don't know. I I don't know the answer on any of these three players. They're all expensive. They are all in a operating in a cap world where I don't know the exact percentage, but 90 some percent of the dollars are already spoken for. And they're asking for big money over big term. Like Pilat is the most interesting case because I was told that he was really hungry to stay in Tampa and understandably. So after all the success that they had, he actually, I heard, I heard, and I don't know if it's true or not. The rumor was he went back to Tampa in the last number of days and said, I'll take the same deal as Nick Paul seven years times 3 million to stay. Can you squeeze that in? And the answer was no. So everyone thought Andre Palat was destined for New Jersey. Like it was one of those ones that all the other teams around the league had all assumed was already cooked and finished. Like it was like, you know, how a slew of them got announced at 12. A lot of people thought Palat was in that category. Um, there is a thought that he might have something available for him at, you know, in the five times high fives. I don't, if that is true, I don't know why it's not signed. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Fair. And if not, does he go somewhere on a cheaper deal? That's what I would ask. Yeah. Like I wonder New Jersey's maybe licking their wounds. Uh, Tom Fitzgerald didn't hold a a media veil at the end of the day, which is a little bit odd, but they didn't really have anything to announce, I guess. And that was, it was funny because that announcement came out and literally two minutes later, the uh, Goudreau to Columbus announcement came out. So maybe they were tied together, but Nazem Kadri, Frank, um, you had reported that, you know, they were, and Hey, what guys are looking for and what you the get speculation. Are totally yeah. Things. Was that he was looking for seven times eight. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, like I like Nazem Kadri, but you know, he's, he's a 60 point guy. He had the one unreal year up to 87, but uh, he is 32. Do you still think he gets a, a seven year deal or is, um, is this one where like, is there still enough bidders for him to get it? I don't know. Uh, he was taking his time going through the process. I'm told that this was an old school, you know, 2006 type approach to free agency where, you know, you're on a bunch of zoom calls and you're talking to the head coach and you're talking to the GM and they've got their PowerPoint presentation. And I love that. Like, yes. Um, not how the world works anymore. And today's immediate gratification. I need to know my team four days ago thing. Um, so full respect and and marks to Kadri for going through the process. I think the wrench in the, in, in all of it is the team that doesn't have the best offer, but has a really exciting and enticing offer is the Colorado avalanche. Yes. They don't have anything else. They don't have anyone to replace him. 
They have a defined, I would imagine, budget that Chris McFarland has mapped out their new GM that says we can afford to pay you X times X. And I don't know what it is, but Chris gear had crunched all the numbers for us months back. They are able to afford him. Um, I don't know what the Arturi Lekanen. Yes. I was just going to say, I think how that hams it up, but it's, it's definitely on the table for him to stay in Colorado And I think my guess, my hunch is that what he's weighing is these couple extra bucks here or stay and go try and, you know, go back to back in Colorado and beyond. Well, I think the challenge for Kadri now is if you look at the abs and they don't have anybody on LTIR or anything like that currently, they've only got about 3.9 mil in, in cap space because of the Nichushkin, uh, Lekkinen, and the uh, Josh Manson deals, right? Obviously, they have to leave some money uh, next year for uh, for Nathan McKinnon, and some of that could come from Eric Johnson's six million dollar cap it potentially uh, coming off the books, and you know JT Confer, you know maybe he has to go too. So there's nine and a half if if you're looking at a raise for McKinnon, but Colorado would have to get creative to get him on the cap. Well, creative is what you do when you're trying to win. How creative have we seen the Tampa Bay lightning be the team? They just beat They're creative all the time. Uh, John Klingberg. I think it's probably fair to say that the market wasn't as robust as he thought it might be. Um, When did we hear that December, November, when they said John Klingberg's ask in Dallas was eight times eight. And I was like, what? (laughs) Uh, that was a lot then, obviously it's clearly far from that. Now I was told they re-engaged or circled back to the Dallas stars at some point this afternoon. And I think it was more driven by the Klingberg camp as opposed to really significant interest from the stars. Cause I just don't think they have the money. It's not that they don't like John Klingberg. They do. And they realize how desperately John Klingberg wanted to remain in Dallas. Like he did not want to go anywhere. He went kicking and screaming. And that's part of the reason why we saw the trade request and why he was so emotional is because he really wanted to stay. Um, And they respect him and that, but signing Mason Marchment chewed up a lot of the money that they could have given him. And they made the decision to go with Marchment. And uh, Frank, as we're recording, this is just coming down. Ryan Strom, five years with the Anaheim Ducks as uh, they get into the free agent market. And, uh, you know, they'll be, hey, they they released a lot of uh, their guys on, well, not a lot, but uh, they didn't qualify Milano and Steele. So they've definitely uh, got some uh, some cap space. I, I do want to get to a team we haven't talked a lot about, but you, you look at their deals today without having to give up hardly anything. Now, they added a lot of cap space, but Carolina gets Brent Burns. For uh, for Lorenz and a, and, a, and a prospect goalie and, and a conditional pick, and then Pacioretty, right for, for nothing basically, and uh, and Coglin, um, Brent Burns to Carolina, man, that I think I still think Brent Burns has got a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of tread left on his tires. I really like this trade for Carolina. He brings a different attitude to that team. I, I, I like everything Carolina did. I feel like I always like everything Carolina does. Um, they were like, you know what? This free agent class, meh, like not really for us. Let's look at what's out there on the trade front. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just think Burns, 
is has got a lot left in the tank. And I think Pacioretty's a game changer up front. And they're not married to either guy super, super long term. So Pacioretty's one year, Burns is three. Like if you need to get out of it, you can. Yeah. Can you imagine like their defense is already really hard to play against? Yeah. You don't even need Brent Burns to play a lot of defense because they've got really good defenders. Oh, Slavin and Shea and oh man. Yeah. Brad Pesci. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, well, there's the replacement for Tony D'Angelo in the power play. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, Taylor made go, go. That's what they were looking for. Right. I think they had explored a number of different guys that they kicked tires on Petrie, Burns, Barry, a whole select Tory Krug go down the list. There's all these guys that were available that Carolina looked at. And I think they ended up in saying, Hey, Burns is pretty reasonable acquisition cost. Let's do that. Frank, do we have, do I have to go get a, like a, a piece of glass, like a glass plate? And put it under the nose of the Jets to see, like, do they know free agency is going on? Like, what's happening in Winnipeg? What does that mean? I've never heard that. Oh, you've never heard? Well, it's it's actually for a different uh, saying that uh, probably not. It's a little bit too R-rated for the pod, but uh, I'll explain it to you uh, later on. Like, are you really so you're asking if they need to go like check skiing? if they're breathing, right? Like, oh. you put the so you can see, right? Because they'll see the breath on there. Like, are they alive? Uh, are they breathing? What's uh, going on here? Uh, uh, Winnipeg is one. What about the Vancouver Canucks? Yeah, they got Mikheyev and we'll That's a see. huge number for Mikheyev. Yeah, big number. Big number. And and still no JT Miller trade. Uh, so uh, I think they're going to start the season with JT Miller. And which leads me to the one trade of the day that I was a little surprised by because I've liked a lot of their moves. Connor Brown's a really good player. And I understand if he wasn't going to sign back in, in Ottawa, but why not keep him? Have your team be more competitive. And if you're not in the playoff run, then you trade, you trade them. I think you could have got more than, I think you could have at least got a second rounder then. That's the one trade, unless they're doing it just to free up cap space and they've got another trade for a defenseman coming. That's the one trade that I'm a little perplexed by because their top six is great. But Connor Brown, if he's on your third line, man, you got a really good third line. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What, what team was most perplexing to you today? Hmm, that's a good question. I think Vancouver is up there. Yeah, they didn't. Well, they didn't really do much, but I'm not sure what they could do. That's their problem. Like they don't. 
I don't well, know. They what could the have done a whole going. lot of things. Like, like I think Vancouver they didn't create be... any real cap flexibility for themselves. Like they said they were going to. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is that the, the summer is not over yet. Like there's still time. We'll, we'll see if some other teams want to, uh, you know, move around. But the thing about the Canucks is I asked, like, to me, I thought the Canucks were one of the more disappointing teams in the NHL last year. I still think they've got some talent on that team. I really like Demko and goal, right? Um, I'm still waiting for Elias Pettersson to, to, to show what he's capable of for long stretches. Cause I think he's pretty good. Right. Um, Miller, Horvat, I like now Horvat and, and Miller are both UFAs and the last year their deal. So they're going to, you know, you're getting banged for their buck. Um, you know, McKay is probably a little bit overpaid for what he might do on that team. Um, you know, Quinn Hughes, like they're, he- they're top heavy on defense. I just don't know who they could trade to free up cap space. That's the problem, right? Ding, like ding, the Connor Brian Garland Miller. signing. It's only one year. We're not signing that trade. And then the contract, like that hasn't worked out yet. They got to hope that that gets better because 4.9, they didn't get great return on that. Well, that's the exact return that they're, they kind of got from, or might get from Mikheyev for very similar money. Yeah, possibly. Like what is the best upside you could possibly think of for Mikheyev? What is he? No. Well, man, like, it's a good question. Like he, he, the first two years, the guy couldn't, you know, he, he couldn't score in, in a brothel with a, you know, pocket full of yeah. hundreds, but last year, right. He, his shooting percentage got up, not crazy high, but, but higher. He, and he also shot the puck way more. That's the other thing. He had 147 shots to 107 uh, the year prior. The guy can flat out fly. He's a really good penalty killer. Um, but you're right. Like, but if he scores you 20 goals and kills a lot of penalties for you and, and uh, doesn't get scored on five on five, th- then you can probably say, okay, but it depends where they play him. I'm very curious who they're going to play him with. Yeah, you, I agree. You mentioned Winnipeg and the glass plate. Um, I don't know. I never really think of Winnipeg as a free agent player. Cause it's really hard to get guys to go there. Like I don't ever think of it as their day, but I am perplexed at them not, it never really got hot and heavy on Blake Wheeler. Yeah. Like if you're making changes to your team and you're changing up the mix, I get kind of, I mean, look, you mentioned there's a lot of summer left and something could materialize, but it looks at the moment, like they're running it back, which I don't know that that'll ultimately be the case, but it's been pretty quiet on Blake Wheeler. And I think I was told one of, uh, one of the things that they were presented with or talked about, they're not willing to retain on Blake Wheeler. That's the sense I'm getting from around the league is they were asked, are you willing to retain? And the answer was no. And that kind of at 8.25 has killed a lot of the momentum or any momentum that might've existed. No, that's fair. Like, I just, I, I agree. They're, they're not a, a huge destination, but they made trades. Like there was all this talk about Winnipeg and now it's nothing's happened now. Hey, maybe who knows? Like I said, they, they got, they got still got over two months until you get to training camp. So maybe they can do something, Frank, but it's a, uh, that's been uh, surprising to me uh, for sure. But it was a Want crazy to hear another weird team. I don't know. What? Maybe not weird team, but we got to talk about their last two weeks. What do you make of the Pittsburgh Penguins? <laughs> you know what the, the penguins are well here's here's two things if Sidney crosby doesn't get hurt they they probably beat the rangers when they're up three to one and i think that's valid to say 
right? I think they probably could win that series. So How about the Rangers also signing Casey to Smith, They're like, Hey, or not Casey to Smith. Um, Louis Domingue, the old spicy pork and broccoli King. After that three OT game, they're like, you want to come on down to MSG and play here uh, spot duty. If we need you behind, uh, you know, if, if, if Igor Shesterkin and Yaroslav Halak get hit by a bus. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. But I look at the penguins and you know what they are They're They're, and I understand loyalty and hockey. I get it, but man, like I'm, I'm still floored about the Ricard Raquel contract that that's the six years for Ricard Raquel. Like they went long-term on rust and Raquel and Latang and, and Malkin got four, like Jenny Malkin, who might be the best of all of them. I know he's older and he's a little injury prone, but he only got four years. Like, I don't know. Th- this is one where I think the veterans, they still believe is a group that they can win. I think that's, and so management said, okay, you know what, Sid and, and the gang, we're trusting you guys. They got one, two last hurrahs, but it's either good. They're either going to surprise us and be competitive or, oh my goodness, the next few years in, in uh, Pittsburgh are going to be a slow aging death of that franchise. Funny because I talked to the franchise, but of that era of the Penguins. I talked to a GM in the last few days that loved the Raquel signing and thought it was market value. And I was like, really? Hmm. Um, oh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe I am. I'm, I share the same opinion as you. Um, you know what the, this off season feels like for the penguins. It's like, even though Ron Hextall and, and Brian Burke were brought in to help like lead them into the next era. It feels like at some point in the last couple of weeks, they were like, Ah, what the hell? We're not going to be here in five years. Let's just do whatever the heck we need to do to get this done. This is going to be someone else's problem in five years. That's what it felt like to me. It was like a classic. Don't worry about anything else. But the other thing is, you know, maybe with the ages of like, I, like, I think we all kind of think Crosby for these next three years, he's more or less ageless, right? Like, it's his play has yeah. dropped off some, but it's not no. a big in a big way. No, not at all. So if you've got Crosby, that's somewhat ageless plus Gensel in his prime plus rust in his prime and Raquel in his prime, that maybe with another 60 point, you know, keep turning out 60 point seasons from Latang that you've got enough even if, you know, Malkin is just okay, even if the rest of the group is just okay, Carter, you know, you've probably got enough to be competitive in the East to make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think, you know, the Penguins for, for sure are there. I just, I give, it's just the longer terms of the deals, right? If that to me is the one where I look and say, hmm, there's going to be some, uh, there's going to be some pain, but that pain's inevitable, I guess. So maybe, you know what they look and say, we want to extend our window as long as we can. Right. Um, LA didn't have that long of a pain after they, uh, they won the two cups in, in three years, right? Like theirs was kind of short and now they're, they're turning it around and they look to be a competitive team again. Chicago's like, I don't even know what league they're in right now, but it's, they're going to be a long ways away from being competitive for, for quite some time. Right. Um, we, we've seen other teams have similar seven Detroit, years. Right? The Detroit, Detroit Red seven. Wings. This was seven years until they were able to hit the go button today. Well, look at Chicago though, Frank Chicago base. Cause I don't count the, uh, the 2020 season where they got gifted a playoff spot in 24th. Trust me, this would be five consecutive years already where they haven't been in the playoffs. And a lot of those years, not but they close. didn't even try to rebuild it then. No, 
No, they resisted thinking that they would continue to be somewhat competitive. They were just stuck in the worst spot possible. Well, think about it. Last summer, they went after McCabe and Seth Jones and said, we're revamping our blue line. And now, now granted, the GM got fired. They got a whole new regime in. And now suddenly like, nope, right? They reversed. They're doing a 180 and they're going the complete other direction. They're getting rid of everybody. Right, they let Kubalik and Strom walk for nothing. They they traded Doc and they traded to Brinkat and who else are they going to trade? Like maybe Patrick Kane, I don't know. But yeah, the the direction of where Chicago is going, like that, to me is going to be a, a a long, painful uh, rebuild for that team. And they're all, to me, they're already five years into it. Right, they haven't been competitive for five years if you look at the standings. So uh, th- that's a fascinating team for me. And so maybe Pittsburgh says, you know what? Hey, we know the pain's coming, but we're going to extend the fact that we think with Sidney Crosby, we still got a chance. And maybe they're right. Maybe I'm totally wrong on it. I just yeah. The, Ra- the Raquel deal was the one I thought he would get squeezed a little bit in free agency, and then me he got too. six years. Good for him, especially after being knocked out cold in that game at the Garden. Oh yeah, well, out cold. Like he played in two playoff games. It's amazing that he even came back. Yeah. Um, Got to ask you about the Sharks, too. What did you think of Mike Greer's first week in office? Well, Mike Greer, I, I think, you know what? It's clear that he wants to change the makeup of his team. He wants the Sharks to be a little bit harder to play against. Um, but they also lost arguably their best defenseman for, for very little. Right. Steven Lorenz can, you know, be a bottom six four to bring some energy. Sure. But like right now, look how many forwards they got in San Jose. I think they got like 17. So, um, you know, they're, they're going to say, hey, we're going to have a competitive training camp and and see what happens. I, I think they're trying to shop. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, who was injured all of last uh, season? Kevin LeBanc. Kevin LeBanc. Right? I, I think they're trying to, to move him, but uh, I just look at the type of guys uh, he brought in. He's just looking at some more competitive uh, players to see if they can just be a little bit harder to play against for for the coming uh, few seasons. Uh, which is funny because they still got a lot of older players on that team. So I, I don't really know what their direction is. They still have three goalies. You know, I have to think they're going to move one of them. Right. Uh, lots of teams because they can, they won't clear waivers. So, you know, I, I think and they might try to move one of those guys here uh, for something, maybe package it up with a bank. I have no idea. You surprised that they didn't move one of the goalies a little bit at a time where there's a shortage of goalies. Yes, I am. Yeah, very much surprised. But I don't well, We just is, talked about Vegas. Maybe one. I don't, I don't know why you'd help out a team in your division. No. But maybe I, I there's think, a team. Like maybe there's something out there that we're missing. Yeah. Well, Reimer is the one that I think everybody would have interest in, but that's their best goalie. I don't think I would, that's trade. the guy I wouldn't move. Yeah. Um, I I was thinking Aiden Hills, the guy to move relatively inexpensive. Yeah. Capo Kakinen probably has better numbers and more upside, but Hill has been pretty consistent. Yeah. You could move Hill. Was he like a $2 million, 2.175? So um, yeah, I'm kind of curious, uh, on, on, you know, they, they gave Matt Benning four years now it's, it's at like 1.3 million, but I think they just said, Hey, we expect you to be our third pair, right? Defenseman for the next four years. Seemed a lot like third and, and, uh, kind of maybe four years the press a box time. A, a, a little bit, but, um, yeah, Mike Greer, I, I think you're going to see a lot of turnover in San Jose under Mike Greer and Doug Waite. I think they're going to, they're really going to want to put their fingerprints on that team. They're going to want to change uh, a little bit of how they play. Um, I like Nico Sturm, by the way. Yeah. You like Sturm? Yeah. Three years times 2 million. I thought that was pretty sharp. Hmm. 
All right. He's oh, got yeah, some size. Hard. I mean, like that's hard because he's, you know, he can probably help a team like San Jose, whereas in Colorado, he's just not really getting any ice time, right? They're just a deep. Well, yeah, he was he was basically asked to play fourth line essentially needed more opportunity and minutes. He'll get that in San Jose and it's a reasonable number and he's only 27. What'd you think of the Lindblom signing for them? Um, it seemed high. It's Sorry. harmless. I not, it's not really like he, if he can get back to producing, like he was really on that track before being diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. Um, he still ended up with 12 goals and 26 points. It's, it's a little bit of a stretch, but not a, like it's not a jaw dropper by any sense. No, and no. if you think he's got the upside, it's probably pretty fair. Yeah. But I am curious on, on who they're going to move out. Cause they just, they, they simply have way too many forwards at this juncture. So um, they're uh, they're a team that's like, they need a lot of things to go right for them. If they're going to compete for a playoff. Yeah, I agree. Are we bringing in young Urem Chuck tonight? What are we doing? I think we are. Mm-hmm. Sure. And has been hosting all day. The daily mm-hmm. face off show three hours live today. Massive viewing audience yeah, it, on our show. And the thing I liked about it too, is we had a super, uh, super active YouTube chat as well. And they were all sitting there because on our daily face off live show, we have Frank up in the corner on our insider creep cam and the YouTube chat was just loving it. Whenever Frank, there would be times where Frank would cover his mouth like a football coach almost. And they would send the YouTube chat going nuts because they're like, what does he not want us to know? What does he not want us to read? I was so careful to be like, oh man, don't pick your nose. Like, don't do anything <laughs> weird. Like somebody is watching, but like you're it's for three hours and you're literally, I'm sitting here in my basement. Like you could kind of zone out a little bit if you're not yeah. thinking about it. And I would kept just being like, don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything stupid. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get into a uh, free agent edition of Buy or Sell brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. Ding dong. I don't have my board set up here yet, so it's just me saying ding dong instead of hitting the button. Um, not quite as good as Liam, but the promo code Rundown DD gets you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order. All right, the Senators and Red Wings have a lot of people talking. I'm not willing to go as far as to say they'll both make the playoffs next year, but I'm going to say they both crack the 90 point mark next season. Buy or sell, Jason. Oh, I'll sell on that all day long. I, I don't. There's too many teams in that division. Uh, uh, the, the reason, like they were, they had 77, 73 points last year, mm-hmm. twenty-seven shy of eighth place, which was a hundred points. Like there was eight teams at hundred, and then there was a pretty big gap. I think they're going to close the gap this season. But if both of them are over ninety, that means there's a significant change for a lot of points. So I will uh, sell. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I sell. I don't. I don't even know that either one gets to 90 and I think they both are getting a lot closer, but to get to 90, that means you're taking away a lot of points to your point, Jason, from Tampa, from Toronto, from Florida, from Boston. There are not going to be any easy nights in the Atlantic this upcoming season, but I don't know that either one's getting to 90. So my thinking on it was just that I, you know, this past year, we knew who the eight teams in the East were, what in January? In De- yeah, December, yeah. January. I think it'll be a lot more of a mushy middle. And you look to the Western Conference this year. Winnipeg was at 89, and then both Vancouver and Vegas got to 90 and missed the playoffs. So I just think the East could be of a bit more, you know, mushy middle. And those two stand out as teams who could maybe take a bit of a step forward. Uh, you guys talked about your favorite value deals and things like that. Uh, I want to go to the overpay department. I'm going to say Vincent Trocheck is the biggest overpay of the day, not because of his AAV. But because of the fact they had to go two more years than, say, Detroit did for a guy like Andrew Kopp. So Trocek gets my biggest overpay 
simply because of the term. Frank, do you buy or sell on that? Uh, I'm going to sell. The biggest overpay of the day was still Eric and Branson. I don't care what anyone says. Um, I thought Ilya Mikheyev was a very close second. Um, I don't know. I think Trocek is a steady player. And what I like about Trocek, not only is he consistent, but he has a relationship with Gerard Gallant going back to Florida, and they know exactly what they're getting. I agree with Ty, though. Uh, like, when I look at what cops signed for, like – to me, it's the term on on, on Trocheck, but it's it's hard to it's hard to argue. Gabranson four times four, you know, good for him though. I've always said this, man. I'm pumped for any player, you know, like that's man, that's a that's life changing for him and his entire family. So that's awesome. But yeah, I will also uh, sell because I just think that that one was so out of left field uh, to me a little so bit. So you're but buying. Columbus, you're, you're saying you think that you, yeah, I'm you selling. think Tro- no, you think Trocheck though is an overpay. But not no, the no, biggest no, overpay of the day. Is the biggest overpay. Oh, okay. Got it. All right. So once again, you're both uh, selling on my question. So maybe this one I'll, uh, I'll get to you guys. Johnny Goudreau, 115 points last season. He's going to Columbus. You know, maybe a little bit less help. He was on one of the best lines in hockey in Calgary last year. Johnny Goudreau, under 100 points next season. Jason, buy or sell? Oh, yeah, I'm buying that. He's, he's only ever been over 100 points once. He had 99 before. Um, now, if that power play in Columbus gets going, that that's maybe it. And line is firing one time bullets all over the place. But yeah, I think it's going to be difficult for free. Cause keep in mind, Kachuk also had a hundred points, right? Mm-hmm. Usually if you're a hundred point guy, unless you're Patrick Kane, usually there's other, you know, you're getting somebody else on your team. That's around you. That's close. I know McDavid obviously one year did it. Uh, and next closest was 77 or something like that. But usually it's a little bit of tandem stuff where somebody's another 90 point guy. So if Gaudreau is getting a hundred, somebody has got to get 90 in Columbus. I don't see that. Not happening. So he hasn't are. hit it at any point previously. He had been close before 99. Before that, he was in the 80s for the most part, some years in the 70s. Um, I don't know. I love Johnny Gaudreau, the player. Um, I think he's so incredibly dynamic, creative, skilled, uh, is a rare play driving winger. I just, he only has done it once, essentially. So, and there were a few years prior to this one where they were quote down years. So to think that he's, you know, mid seventies, mid eighties, I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all. You guys kind of hit on this a little bit earlier, but I had it written down. So I'll ask it anyways. The Vegas Golden Knights certainly didn't get better. They have a lot of question marks. Like you said, I'm going to say they miss the playoffs again next season. Frank, buy or sell? Uh... Okay, so I'm just thinking about the division. I think Edmonton, Edmonton and LA in get in again. LA in Calgary, not sure yet. I want to know what happens with Kachuk. I'm gonna say they, they I'm gonna say they make it. I'm gonna say Vegas and Vancouver get in. Yeah, they missed the playoffs by three points last year with 500 man games lost to injury. I, um, although I will say, I want to ask me this again at the regular season when we know what their goaltending situation is. True. Because that point. is a, that has to be a major concern for them over the next few months. Is, as Frank had talked about at the top, uh, Robin Leonard, if, if he's not ready to go uh, for much of the season, 
you're running out with Logan Thompson. Like, hey, hey, maybe Logan Thompson is is going to be a this year's a surprise goalie that comes out of nowhere, right? Like, I know he played a few games last year, but let's be real, it would be a surprise if all of a sudden he's your starter and you, and you're relying on him every most nights. So, uh, ask me again. But right now, I'm actually going to say that uh, 94 points. They're not going to have 500 games lost injury, so they'll get they'll get in. Do both Dallas and Nashville get in? That's the big question. Yeah, and that might determine whether Vegas gets in or not. Yeah, if it's five and three or four and four between the two divisions, that's a good point. And good point, Jason. Maybe a little premature when we don't know what the goaltending is like. No, I like it though. It's a good question today. Uh, Points bet bonus question brought to you by our friends over at Points Bet Canada. They are live in Ontario today. Kind of had that last day of school vibe, right? You know, everyone's sort of itching to pack up for the day and get out. So my question to for you is summer themed. You know, you go to someone's backyard, you have people over, you're out at the cottage. What is your favorite yard game to play, Frank? Uh, we call it cornhole here. Do you call mm. it bago? I, I'm what a corn. I'm a cornhole guy. Okay, yeah, it would be cornhole. Um, I don't even. I don't. Do I? I don't even know if I play any other yard games. Croquet, baby, door guy. Croquet all day long, man. Me and my buddies, we used to have epic croquet games uh, at a house. You know how douchey of, uh, that sounds? Like no, how utterly no. douchey it is? What, croquet? No, yeah. come on, Frank. Do was, people play croquet that are oh, like... Yeah. Like, Dude, what? you've never played real croquet then, if you don't know. Like, you play croquet. We used to put coolers of beer on the steps. Everybody would come over to my place on, on Friday. We had a house just off of White Ave, which is like a party strip in Edmonton. And uh, we would play these heated games of croquet. And the probably my favorite story ever, one of our buddies, uh, Hagen, you got to remember, we're in our, like, early 20s, right? So guys are maybe starting to get some success. And <laughs> and he was, a, he was a tech guy before there were tech guys. So he was well ahead of us when it came to finances. He had just bought in a brand new Subaru. He was so jacked up. So he parks it right on the street in front of my house. We had all these shrubs and our buddy Hutch. So in croquet, you know, when you, when your ball touches the other guy's ball, you can stand on it and then whack it and you put it far away. Well, Hutch winds up. I don't know how many beers deep we are at this point. And he crushes it. It goes through the shrubs. And all of a sudden we hear this duke. We go out there and thankfully we're half snapped right behind the wheel on the driver's side. Huge dent. Like literally that car was four hours old. Oh, and Ron again, he's wound pretty tight, but thankfully he was buckled because I think there might've been a brawl, but man, we used to play that game for hours and we used to make it like the hardest course. So you'd have to go to the backyard and there was lots of punishment and shots for losing. So oh, yeah. I love croquet and backyard parties, it, man. I don't think that's like a thing here. In fact, I would tell you that I know it's not a thing. Like the only people that play croquet here are like otherworldly rich (laughs) douchebags. Like at at like insane country clubs that you don't have any membership. I wish I could show you the house I that we used to rent. I lived there for like six years. Had lots of different roommates. You know, our rent for the whole house was six fifty. We split it three ways. It was two hundred seventeen bucks. Was what? So wait a second. Where, like, why is it a thing in Edmonton though? And why is it, how did you make it a game of the people? Croquet. Oh, we've always played croquet with, with, uh, with our buddies growing up, man. It's great. Where did it, why, I, how? I had never played it until like a couple summers ago and my dad bought a set and I had never oh. played it, but it's fun. Cause you can like sewer people, right? Like, oh, totally. That's the great the part about it, man. It was awesome. You get yeah. into strategy about which guy you just wanted to rock out. It was awesome. Yeah. All right, gents, that's going to do it for another edition, the final free agent edition of Buy or Sell, delivered by DoorDash. Awesome. That was uh, Tyler Uramchuk, uh, 
Brought to you by the 2022 IIHF World Juniors. What better way to cool off than at the rink during the first ever World Juniors in the summer? Single game tickets for the tournament are on sale now, starting at just 40 bucks. So grab your sunglasses. The brightest stars in the junior game are coming to Edmonton this summer, the IIHF World Juniors. Frank, the next time uh, you're around, you're going to have to play uh, croquet. Trust me, it'll be a game changer for you. Game Yeah, I'll changer. try it. I'll try yeah. anything. Oh, well, the anything involving be beers and yeah, hanging exactly. Out You're there. having beers and a competition. Like it's not uh, like there's uh, like, are you thinking of cricket? Nope. Instead of croquet, of okay. croquet lawn tennis. No, I don't know. Whatever. Cro- like, like it's got the white sticks. little, you've, you've yeah, got the you, hard ball. It's like basically like a hard ball and the mallet. And it's like, yeah. And you got to hit it through the, uh, yeah, kicking the little a field goal almost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, you got to put it on the ground, right? Through. I know, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I know the game. I just, no one here, I've never seen anyone like casually play it. Oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's try. I, there's, there's a lot of different games that people play on the beach, the can jam, the, I don't know. There's a whole slew of stuff. Um, I just a pretty easy going cornhole guy. All right. All right. You were leading okay. me down a weird path though. You're like, you can step on the other guy's ball. <laughs> like, I was just like, what the fuck? What is happening? Right now? Oh, buddy. That's the greatest part about it. It's the, the whole strategy. Cause everybody has their buddy who just, when they play games, they get so competitive, right? Everybody has that friend or two that just, and you can rattle them in this game so easily, especially when you play it in a big field and you just pump their ball way out of play. It's awesome. Oh, hump their ball. They're like, stop talking about it. You're killing it. <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter. Oh. Jeez. Jeez. Well, Frank, this, uh, we're going to take a few weeks off in July. We'll be back in August for more of the DFO rundown. So uh, th- now, unless of course it's a big breaking story, then we might connect for a bit. Even but, then um, I'm out of office. The- thanks everybody for, uh, for listening to the pod. We always uh, appreciate it. Big shout out to our buddy, Jay Onright, who uh, tweeted out. It's his favorite pod. So uh, thanks to uh, Jay Onright. Uh, from TSN. Thanks We're to everyone listening. What a year one it was at Daily Face Off and following us along along with us uh, online pods. The show uh, it was great having everyone on board, and can't wait to see what we cook up for year two. Yeah, and uh, I just, as you see behind me, Frank, I'm in the midst of a uh, renovation. So uh, when we return, uh, my shelves should be full. You will have a proper looking set for the first time. Yeah, that's right. Nah, nah, I'd like to, you know what? I do miss my, uh, I do miss my Muhammad Ali and Maurice Richard pictures in the background. You're going to miss me too or not. <laughs> All right. Have yourself a great one. Thanks everyone for uh, listening. Enjoy the, the rest of the free agent frenzy. Uh, we're wrapping this up at uh, nine 40 Eastern on a Wednesday night. Uh, Ryan Strom's the latest signing for us. Five times uh, Kadri for fun. Frank, where's he going before you leave? Where's he going? Kadri, uh, I think he's going back to Colorado. That's kind of what I think too, maybe. But uh, I do, I do wonder if Calgary will try to strike because, man, they just lost a hundred and fifteen point player. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm tired of thinking about all that. Have a great summer, everyone. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.